Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is one of my happiest places of the week, and I have a lot of happy places during the week. Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, cool conversations with creatives. As the gentleman said, that was the voice of Ryan Treasure, VP of Broadcast Operations at World Talk Radio, and my good friend. And as he said, we're going to be talking about creativity today. I have to do a quick shout out before I introduce my guest. Guest first, wave hello to Facebook. Everybody say hi, Facebook. Hi Facebook. Hi, Facebook. Hi, Facebook. There you go. Says the others are well behaved. They listen to me. I just met these guys outside 10 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, I want to say hello to my engineer, Andrew. Everybody say hello, Andrew. Hello, hello Andrew. Andrew. There you go. Okay. Today is Monday, December 6, 2021. We didn't think we'd get through 2020 alive. Too many people didn't. We didn't think we'd get through 2021. We're almost there, and we are so hoping for a better year in 2022. Guess I'm going to count to three, and on the count of three, you're going to help me say hello, L. L L L one two three, hello. Oh That's lovely, lanky Laura Legs, my most loyal listener, and unfortunately, she's still living in Whitestone, New York, which is a W, and we've still been trying to get her to London. But my fake GoFundMe campaign just hasn't raised much money over the past five years. So, but we love Laura anyway. She listens every week, and I'm warning the three of you. I'll tell you who you are, and you know who you are. I'll tell my <laughs> audience who you are in a second. Um, she will email me at 8:01 p.m. Eastern Time and tell me exactly what she gleaned from each of you and how much she appreciated what you added about creativity. Right. So there. So today is the 340th day of the Gregorian calendar. Everybody say thank you, Greggy. One, two, three. Thank you, Greggy. I'm pretty sure his mom called him Greggy, although we call him Gregorian, but I think she knew him better. Uh, there were 25 days left in 2021. That means if you don't have anything ready for New Year's Eve to imbibe, it's going to be a special New Year's Eve. We made it through 2020 and 2021. OMG. Uh, I was going to say, if you're planning on doing some whiskey in the still out in the back in the woods behind your house, you should have started by now, but it's not too late. If you're planning on brewing some Kahlua or I got some Baileys, I think I'm going to try a homemade version. Wow. You better start getting that together now. The flavors have to meld. And if you're planning to buy something already on the shelf in a liquor store in person or online, the shelves are going to be cleared out about 10 minutes from now because it's December 6th. I'm warning you, go get something for New Year's Eve. So there we are. And if you're celebrating a birthday today, your Western Zodiac sign is Sagittarius. You are attractive and grateful. You are wise. You have youthfulness and optimism. You developed an influential social circle. Good for you. Your astrological symbol is the archer. You're ruled by the planet Jupiter and you're governed by the fire element, which gives you a constant pursuit of change and growth. That's enough. Let's introduce my guest. Okay. So first up, I want you to wave when I call your name. His real name is Michael S. Finster, MD, but we know him as Chef Dr. Mike. Just wave hello. He's the world's only, get this everyone, talk about education and, and creativity, interventional cardiologist, professional chef, and professor of culinary medicine. And he does those all at the same time. We're going to have a good time getting to know Dr. Mike, Chef Dr. Mike. Thank you. We have Dr. Ron Kaiser. May I give your age, Dr. Kaiser? I know it was in your bio. May I? 
Sure. He's, he's just just a baby at 84. He's a positive health psychologist. Just being here is a positive health psychology moment, Ron. Thank you. He's a medical school faculty member, a podcaster, a keynote, and TEDx speaker. And he's the author of Rejuvenaging. It's all in caps and it has a registered trademark after it. The Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. Ron will be enthusiastic on the show, he promised me. And his favorite phrase is, if I knew how much fun old age would be, I'd have grown older faster. Oh, my. We're going to find out a lot from you, Ron. And wrapping up the panel today is Peter Lassar. He spells his last name, capital L, small e, capital S, A-R. There you go, small A-R. He owns multinational hospitality companies. He founded two restaurants that are recognized by the 50 Best Discovery List, which is quite an accomplishment, Peter. I looked it up. You don't just get on there because you got a place with food inside, right? And he's the author of a business, international business bestseller book, Restaurant Strong. Peter Lassar, welcome. Nice to see you. So happy. Can you tell I'm happy, gentlemen? Do I sound happy? Absolutely. Wonderfully happy. I I am. I'm delighted. So let's go around the table and do some real introductions here. (laughs) Chef Dr. Mike, I'm going to put you, I warned you on full speaker view, (laughs) talk to the world, tell us how did you get to do all of these, juggle all of these wonderful professions, (laughs) and how did you get Chef Dr. Mike? That's an interesting title. Mike, welcome. Go ahead. Well, thank you. First of all, uh, I think I am what happens when you don't take the properly prescribed medication as a child. So uh, <laughs> um, you, you end up all over the place. Um, no, just, uh, you know, for me, I, I grew up uh, in, in the dark, dank ages before the Internet. And as we moved around a lot, for me, um, the kitchen was always a place of sanctuary. And I actually cooked professionally before I ever went to medical school. I went off to medical school, uh, fell in love with the, the science and, and the heart, um, and became a cardiologist. And really that all kind of circled back together uh, with culinary medicine, um, in which we kind of look at everything. There's a lot of science behind it. But it's, it's really um, a lot of the wisdom, and I think why it resonates with people is it, it comes with the, from the, the, the heart of culinary experience. Um, you know, the story of foods, the story of us and our individual food stories, our, our, our history. And, you know, being a human being, it's all about a story. So, um, yeah, that, that's how, how, how I wound up doing all these things. And uh, I love where I am right now, um, you know, uh, combining all these passions and, and just sharing, you know, culinary medicine and hopefully uh, making people's lives a, a little bit richer by having great food, great company, great experience. Um, it, we, we, we only have a few trips around the sun, so let's enjoy them. Very well put. And I have a question for you. What in the world is culinary medicine? How, how would I define, if somebody said to me, oh, I'm in culinary medicine, and it wasn't you, I'd say, oh, I know just what you do. What, what would I have to know about that, Mike? Well, well, really, all you really have to know is, um, and we can get into it because it's really about a, a creative perspective shift. But, you know, so much of the connection between food and health, I think we've really lost because we focus on this diet or don't eat this. And and really what culinary medicine is about, it's about you, Red. It's about your relationship with the food you love to eat and how you can use that relationship, one, for your own health and wellness. And really, when we think about it, our relationship with food from the moment we bond with our mothers, whether it be over bottle or breast, um, it, it's the fundamental to all the relationships we have in our lives. And, and what the science does tell us is at the end of the day, forget the money, forget your cholesterol level, don't worry about the blood pressure. The single most important variable about whether we live a healthy, 
a life full of wellness, longevity, and happiness is the quality of the relationships in our lives. Olivai, amen <laughs> to that. My mom died in my arms at 100 in her own bed in her wow. own apartment with no aid, no need for anybody, still playing bridge, playing mahjong, getting dressed, putting on her makeup, having her hair and nails done once a week, and playing piano for the Shalom Club at her building. And it was a high-rise luxury apartment. It was not a senior residence. Ron, there's one for your books, okay? Yeah. Ruth, Ruth knew how to live, and she just and she was just full of you-know-what and vinegar until the very, very end. She was gorgeous. Men were still propositioning her in elevators, okay? She, was a, she outlived, after my dad died, she outlived all of her boyfriends. A, unbelievable woman. Anyway, and yes, and by the way, Dr. Mike, when, when Ruth was young, of course she ate steak, and of course we ate Wonder Bread, and of course we did everything that's supposed to be wrong now, but we had such wonderful family dinners. I'm going to leave it at that. So I have great memories. Dr. Ron Kaiser, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. And by the way, to my audience, just so you know, I met these three wonderful gentlemen at the National Publicity Summit. I'm doing another summit tomorrow night already, and I usually book about 30 people from the summit, so I'm looking to fill shows for December's filled, January's filled, February, March, and April. There we go. Dr. Ron Kaiser, I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you do me the honor of please introducing yourself and welcome? Sure. Well, it's great to be here with you, Red, even though you just made me... uh give up some of my bragging rights. My mom lived to be a hundred and, you know, when she died, she wasn't connected to tubes or things of that nature. So I thought that was pretty good, but 101, that's, uh, I found somebody who outdid her. Um, but anyway, I got into psychology uh, as, as a normal psychologist or none of us are normal, but as a usual psychologist, much as I suspect maybe Dr. Mike did as a regular physician, where, you know, we dealt with disease, that if somebody came to me and they had anxiety or depression or stuff like that, if I got them to neutral so that they weren't, you know, they were getting out of bed in the morning or they weren't scared to, to talk in front of people or to ask a woman out or whatever it may be, then my job was done. And we didn't think beyond that. And then I was really happy at some point, positive psychology came along that said, we're not really interested in getting people to neutral, but we want to get them into drive, to be able to thrive, to be able to flourish and so on. I was able to do that with headache patients for, for many years and still do, but I particularly got uh, turned on by but when I got older. Um, you know, the reality is that age is kind of a a thing, but it's not something that has to define you. You know, uh, Warren Buffett hasn't forgotten how to, uh, you know, make money at age 91. Meryl Streep hasn't forgotten how to act. Nick Saban hasn't forgotten how to coach football and so on. And I think that we have to really accept the fact that if we do the right things, and there are, there's a, there's a lot of research now to show that if you're really improving in a few main areas, if you're concentrating uh, on healthy eating, as, as Chef Mike said, on exercise, on staying socially connected, and on keeping the mind active, there's no reason that you can't keep going for a good long time. As you said, uh, if I knew how much fun old age would be, I'd have turned older faster. Uh, <laughs> I've had to argue with some people who, you know, don't see it that way. But I see that as my mission now is to help people to really age positively and actively. 
And I, I applaud you for that, Dr. Ron Kaiser. It's so important. Yes, uh, I live in a 55-plus community here, and I'd say about 85% of the people are retired. And since COVID shut down most of the activities at our clubhouse, okay, uh, where do you go? What do you do? I still work almost full-time. I am I will only admit to being over the age of the speed limit, and that's the Long Island Expressway, which legally is 55, but it it's supposed to be the world's longest parking lot. So you do about 35. That's <laughs> about, about a good speed. Going home after work for years, I'd say you do about 18 miles an hour. So I'll admit to those, but that's it. But <laughs> I couldn't imagine giving up my day job, which is I'm a business broadcaster, producer, host, writer, journalist, and I just love what I do because I get to talk to smart people like the three of you. Who wouldn't want to do that all of your life, right? So, Ron, thank you very much. Appreciate the positive psychology. I wish I had known psychologists like you when I was looking for a therapist. Don't even go there. Peter Lassar, <laughs> let's talk. Peter, I'm so happy to have you here. Met you also at the summit. Can't wait to hear about your creativity in the restaurant field. Talk to us. Peter, welcome. Brad, thank you so much for, for having all of us. It's really an honor to be here. Um, you know, I, um, I got started in Afghanistan of all places, and I lived there as a boy before the Soviets. For those of you that are my age uh, or older, will remember before the Soviets ever came in. And, um, and one day after the, uh, the first coup d'etat that happened while I was there, I was out at a marketplace and there were soldiers all around and there was debris and there's this one little kiosk that I'd always go to that, you know, within weeks after the war had a long line of customers waiting to get lamb kebab and naan. And uh, I was a picky eater back then, but what really sort of caught my eye was how this little place was sort of the center of community, right? And, and so over the sort of the next couple of decades after that, I really was inspired by restaurants and I've eaten in literally over a thousand restaurants in over 50 countries. And I've had sweet and sour uh, snake on, a, on a, a barbecue stick in Cambodia. And I've had cockroaches in Thailand and giant uh, chocolate covered ants in Colombia. And it's, it's been fantastic. But what I saw through all that creativity, right? Uh, was <laughs> Touche. Touche, exactly, was uh, how many of these uh, uh, makers of incredible food were not actually doing well in business, right? And eventually I uh, uh, came together with uh, several other guys and we put together a hospitality company that went uh, public. We had about 5,000 employees uh, at the peak uh, before we sold it. And, um, and what I uh, really started to learn there through a lot of research was what what is that a financially valuable source of creativity in the hospitality business that actually is uh, the same in, in virtually all businesses. And I decided I was going to prove that to myself. And I founded two restaurants, as you noted, that were both recognized by the 50 Best Business Discovery Series based on a series of principles around cre creativity. Um, and then took those principles uh, once I'd proven the concept and uh, and wrote uh, wrote my book Restaurant Strong, and now hold, hold it up, hold it, hold it up, yeah, hold yeah. it up longer. Restaurant Strong: The First Principles of About Performance. And thank you. This book is great for restaurant tours, but it's really great for anybody in business because it, it really outlines through the eyes of the restaurant industry what are these first principles 
uh, that that guide uh, uh, businesses to a lot of success. And at the heart of that is really what is the source of, of creativity. Thank you. I appreciate your bringing the keyword from my show into everything you said, Peter. I'm here, for, you. I'm here for you, Red. <laughs> Thank you, dear. I, I knew that. Very, very interesting. Uh, what I'd like to do now is go through the opening quotes. You each sent me a quote. I asked for a quote from a fictional person, a character in a movie or a TV show or a song lyric. And I want to talk about why you picked these quotes and what they have to do with creativity. So let's go through these now. Chef Dr. Mike has sent me a quote from The Roadhouse Blues by The Doors. The album, 1970 Morrison Hotel, it was released as the B-side of You Make Me Real. The song is a Doors concert staple and has been covered by many actors. I'm sorry, artists. I'm so excited. The (laughs) song was recorded in two days. Producer Paul Rothschild, well, I don't know if you want to hear this, insisted on several takes. Morrison, Jim Morrison, was so intoxicated hmm, that he, he forgot to eat. He was just drinking his way through the song. He flubbed the lyrics and kept repeating the phrase, money beats soul every time. And Alice Cooper claimed he was the inspiration for the line, woke up this morning and I got myself a beer, which he said on his Planet Rock morning show. Very interesting. Morrison's yelling, do it, Robbie, do it, Robbie, because Robbie Krieger was playing all the guitar parts at the start of the solo. And Ray Manzarek switched from a Wurlitzer electric piano to a tack piano, which is similar to what the Beach Boys used on Good Vibrations. And ex-Love and Spoonful frontman John Sebastian, who could forget him, played harmonica, but because of contracts, he couldn't use his real name in the credits, so he was G. Puglis. That's how he meant. He was listed on the credits. So here is the quote. Woke up this morning and got myself a beer. The future is uncertain and the end it's is always near. near. How'd you pick that? What does that have to do with creativity? Mike, put me at rest here. Come on. Well, first, um, it, it, we got Marston's birthday in two days, right? December 8th. So the Sagittarius, uh, which you, you introduced him quite well. I think that fit Jim Marston. And come on, th- this is among, has got to be amongst the, the best rock lyrics ever written. I woke up this morning got myself a beer, the future's uncertain, and the end is always near. And, and really, right, what a, in a way, what a, what a inspiration to get out and, and do something today, right? Have some fun, uh, have yourself a beer. Um, but, but, you know, so often um, we, we find ourselves in little boxes, all the time, right? We we live in a house that's a box. We're in a room and it's a box. I'm sitting in my office that's in a box. When I go to leave my box, I get in a box with four, uh, another box with four wheels to drive to a, another box. And we never get out and, and just really experience. And so, you know, when we um, appreciate the enormity and the great gift of life, um, I think that involves, you know, expanding your horizons, looking at things with fresh eyes, uh, maybe grab that beer in the morning. Um, and, and there is, you know, there, to me, having studied martial arts for many decades as well, um, you know, many people, I think, misinterpret the samurai, that, that the samurai had this death wish and they were always obsessed about death and so on and so forth. And it's really the exact opposite. Because if you think about it, you don't train with the sword um, umpteen hours a day, spend your life devoted uh, to sword play to die. Right? It's all about staying alive. What they did do is they understood how precious life is. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, in, in his own inimitable way, Morrison saying the same thing to us that the, that the ancient samurai did, you know, with their swords, which is, hey, life is precious. Get out there and enjoy it. And, and to me, 
um, you know, that's all about the creative experience because uh, creativity is freedom. Thank you very much. That was long-winded, sorry. Well, no, no, that was perfect. And while you were saying it, I was thinking of the Bee Gees, Staying Alive, Staying Alive, from the movie, right? Saturday Night Fever. So, yeah, so there's another quote that would be good for creative. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Let's go to Dr. Ron Kaiser. You picked a quote from Jake the Dog, Adventure Time American fantasy animated TV series created by Pendleton Ward for the Cartoon Network. It ran from 2010 to 2018. The series follows the adventures of a boy named Finn, played by Jeremy Shada or Shada, and his best friend and adoptive brother, Jake the Dog, played by John DiMaggio. I have to see it to see that. A magical dog with the powers to stretch and change his body shape. They live in the post-apocalyptic land of, ooh, that's capital O, Oh, oh, where they interact with Princess Bubblegum, I want to meet her, the Ice King, and Marceline, and all kinds of other people. And the series is based on the 2007 short produced for Siebert's animation incubator series, Random. Blah, 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 blah. It went to become a viral internet hit, and the Cartoon Network commissioned a full-length series. It premiered in April of 2010. It has comic book spinoffs. It's got licensed merchandise. It's got books, video games, and clothes. And I have to go watch it one of these days. And here's the quote. Everybody listen up lll you got to hear this one dude sucking at something is the first step of being sort of good at something ron where in the world did you find this quote and what does that have to do with creativity tell me sure well i think that uh sucking at something is really an underrated behavior and i'm i'm trying to bring it a little more to the forefront uh how i got at it is uh i grew up i'm, I'm older than you Whatever your age is, I'm older than you, and we didn't ha- get television till um, like I was in junior high. So I missed all the early uh, kids shows. So uh, I've been attracted to sh- shows like that and South Park and other kinds of things that theoretically are aimed at youngsters, but really heck, fit the heck fit with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just think that from a creativity standpoint, if you're always worried about, you know, doing things perfectly, if you're always worried about not venturing someplace or trying something new because you're going to suck at it, uh, you're not going to get anywhere. I mean, I, th- I think creative people, first of all, there's a lot of research to indicate that creative people last longer than other people because they have a purpose. And that's a better predictor of longevity than intelligence and lots of other things. So you want to be able, it's hard to be creative and be perfectionist at the same time. You know, I think that that may be a goal to aim for, but I think you've got to be able to say, hey, whatever it is, whether I'm learning to ski, whether I'm learning to cook, whether I'm learning to do art. I mean, so many of the people I work with hold themselves back, especially now when many of them are retired and have got the time to do whatever they may want to do and learn all kinds of new things. And they're just so afraid of being embarrassed or falling short and stuff like this. I think once you accept the fact that, hey, you can suck at things and that's not terrible, you know, it may be more fun to not suck at something, but I, I really do think that it's underrated as a motivator and as a building block for, for changing behavior. 
I agree, and I'll tell you that when I started drum lessons the year after I moved here to Durham, I went to a school of rock, and I started, and I said, hey, what am I doing this for? Do you have a band? They said, yeah, we've got an adult band. You want to join? I said, sure, what the heck? So I started paid twice as much. I started going Monday nights, which meant driving in the dark on two parkways. Not, not a good thing, but I was doing it anyway. And they said, hey, we've got a concert coming up at this place called Motorco in downtown Durham, and you're going to drum on two of the songs. I said, I've been playing for six weeks. They said, you'll be fine. I'm on stage. I, I, listen, I used to MC bachelor auctions on Long Island with a thousand women slightly, you know, with their checkbooks. And I could sell men for up to a thousand dollars. I probably got double that for all three of you, independently, each of you. Anyway, the point is, sell, no, no, get, the, get the contribution. I didn't sell anybody. Anyway, the point is that I'm on stage and, and there's everybody has their parents, the parents of all the kids. There are about nine bands reigning in age from like the six-year-olds who did Beatles songs. It was so cute. And the 10-year-olds and the 12-year-olds and the 14 and the 16 and the 18. And, and then there were two adult bands and I was in one of them. I thought I was going to die. I mean, seriously, Ron, it was like, do I really? And these were, uh, Aerosmith was one of the, this was not my music, Aerosmith, dream on. And I, I have learned it and they made me design the outro for the song, The Exit. And for the first time, Time, Ron and everybody. For the first time, when we ended the song, one of the lead guitar players—I think there were eight of us in the band—turned around and looked at me and raised his guitar to indicate he was about to hit that final note. And I saw the signal. They never did this in practice. Never raised his guitar, and I lifted my sticks, and we came down, bam, and ended the song exactly in sync. It was a moment of bonding. It was a moment of, OMG, did I just do that? And when I went and sat down after we were done, people said, oh, you were really good. How long have you been playing? I said, shit, six weeks? Are you kidding? So do or not do, there is no try, right, Ron? Well, try, and even if you're not that great, just do something. Just I yeah. abs- absolutely agree with you. You got to get out there, right? That's an experience you would have never had if you didn't try and didn't take the chance that, you know, you were ultimately going to get good at it. In my wildest dreams. Yes, I just played for our, our community Motown band a couple of, about two months ago. We did uh, two back-to-back performances on the same day. When you set up that 12 pieces, you, you do it twice, two performances. I ended up drumming on 45 songs in one day starting wow. with 16 and then we took a break and my latin band was the break band so there were nine songs for that so it was a 16 motown and the nine then there was an hour break then another 16 and another eight so it was 45 songs i had the time of my let's two years later so anyway very very interesting thank you for that i have to tell peter before i get to your quote i have to read something that i read on every show and you will all appreciate this especially ron there's an article in the washington post from july of this year 2021 and the headline is creativity may be key to healthy aging studies show that participating in activities such as singing theater performance visual artistry could support the well-being of older adults and creativity which is related to the personality trait of openness can lead to greater longevity exactly your point ron kaiser i appreciate that james kaufman who teaches an introduction to creativity course i didn't know that existed at university of connecticut yukon said creativity can be cultivated by following passions old and new Try not to compare yourself to genius creators or be so focused on the outcome that the process stops being fun. You all like that one? 
I think that's that's pretty important. So now, Peter, let me scroll down to your notes here and let's go to the quote. You sent me a quote from Captain Jack Sparrow, played by the one, the only Johnny Depp. What a creative actor he is. Pirates of the Caribbean. He is the main protagonist of the series. Uh, The character created by screenwriters Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio. Did you know who it's based on, Peter? Oh, um, I have it here. Let me tell you. I did. I can't remember now. It's based on a combination of Rolling Stones guitarist Keith Richards and Looney Tunes cartoon character Pepe Le Pew. Oh, my. He first appears in the 2003 film Curse of the Black Pearl, then in the sequels Dead Man's Chest, 2006 at World's End, 2007 on Stranger Tides, 2011, and Dead Men Tell No Tales, 2017. Sparrow is one of nine pirate lords in the Brethren Court, the pirate lords of the seven seas. He can be treacherous and survives by wit and negotiation rather than by force. Oh, my. Here's the quote. I love this one, Peter. The problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude about the problem. Peter Lassar, what does this have to do with creativity? Go ahead. Yeah, so that's that's a great question. I, um, I want to start with uh, a mathematical analogy, and it's actually creative. So let's bear with me. If each of you, and you might know this already, but you might not. If each of you were to take a piece of paper and fold it in half, right? And then you fold it in half again, it would be four times thicker than the original sheet, right? Because you fold it in half, it's twice, you fold it in half again, that's four times, right? So the question is, and this goes to, to attitude in a moment, if you were to fold that 50 times, how thick would it be? Does anybody know this? Anybody have a guess? They told me there wasn't going to be any math. Yeah, so here, 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 here's the math. So most people or any think, quizzes. Yeah, most go ahead. people think it'll be a foot, a couple feet, maybe. But if you, you can Google this, it will go to about two thirds the distance to the sun. Okay, that's what happens because it's the law of compounding exponential growth. Every time it doubles, right? And for the first twenty times, it doesn't go very far, but. The last 30 times it starts to until the last time it goes the second third of the distance to the sun, right? And so what's the point? The point is that actually uh, creativity to turn into something that is highly productive for you as a business person or you in your creative life in order for it to help you to rise up and to be seen, it actually needs to fold on top of a very narrow uh, a ner- very narrow point, a very narrow point of view, right? And uh, and what I like about that quote is it really tells us that it's how we focus ourselves uh, in terms of creativity or anything else really is what matters most. It's the attitude. Thank you. That was very interesting. It, it comes to mind that I think I've heard that, but I didn't relate it to that particular question. I appreciate that. Yes, it is about how we approach the problem. Um, I had a friend come over and said, since I use, I, I have the blue garbage cans, if you will, the recyclable, and he, yeah. d- he chose not to, not to have one. He doesn't do that, or I don't know what he does with the paper. Don't ask. We're not going to judge anybody here. And he had some round, some columns that were made of a heavy material that had been apparently posters on a bed, on a bed frame. There was some kind of a decorative. There were two that were about, oh, I'd say about six inches in diameter. And, and they were from a almost like a stucco material. They were heavy and ran and open inside. And, and two of them were, I'd say, about four feet tall and a little bit wider. 
And I said, I'm not putting, he wanted to know if I'd put those in my blue can for, for recycle instead of taking, have them take them to the dump. And I said, wait a minute, what do I see? I said, I see plant stands for my porch next to my greenhouse on my back porch. So we rolled them out. They're heavy. They're big. We put them outside on the porch, and I got some red uh, tape, some thick red tape, uh, duct tape, and made a circle around one, a ring. And then I took plants out of my green. I have a portable greenhouse on my backyard. I'm growing orchids and coleus and all that. I, I love it. And the only trouble is that Alexa keeps reminding me it's a day to water them, and I keep telling her, go away. So I got, I got to get better about that. But anyway, I found some plants in pots that would actually plastic pots that would fit inside the hole on these containers. So I had some wandering dew plants that were cascading gently down. I had a couple of coleus plants from cuttings I had that were just flying right up out of these, and I made them into planters. Beautiful. The second I saw them, I knew they had a purpose. Do not ask me how. Peter, thoughts? So my my only thoughts are, and I'm going to relate this to a restaurant for a moment, and that is... Um, Starbucks became Starbucks because it made a million creative decisions over many years on a single concept of trying to be the best third place that's neither your home or your office to meet up, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and it's taking many, many creative decisions on that very narrow platform that really makes uh, the difference in getting your creativity to be exposed to the world. And if you go and look at all of our great artists, they had a very narrow point of view, maybe in different phases of their uh, their artistic careers uh, that allowed them to iterate into such great innovations that people paid attention, right? Very interesting, yes, that people paid attention. Today, getting attention is easy and not so easy because there's so many people commanding, demanding, and attracting our attention. I resisted TikTok for a long time. I thought like originally with Twitter and then I ended up using Twitter as a, I, I used to broadcast on my business radio shows, which I still do. Uh, I used to use Twitter as my main, uh, shall we say, attracting attention from the business community because Twitter got to be more of a business thing than just, oh, I woke up and I had a coffee, yeah. isn't that nice? And, and I learned to use Twitter very well. I could post 15 to 20 live tweets during a live radio show with a panel of three people because I was ready to go. People would say something interesting or I'd take it from the notes, prep notes from my guests, and I was just blasting out. And I thought, okay. And then now LinkedIn is the place to be for business communications. However, TikTok, I thought, oh, God, what a waste of time. Well, I opened TikTok on my iPhone. Peter, you'll appreciate this. About two months ago, mesmerized the quality of I learned a whole new way of cooking I changed my entire diet based wow. on the recipes that I had I learned how to use the air fryer in my new stove people say why'd you get a new stove I said because the old oven was dirty Peter you'll appreciate that <laughs> I'd have known I could have gotten an air fryer for 49 bucks and put it on the counter I might not have bought a two thousand dollar stove but anyway the point is I love the air fryer I learned how to cook in the air fryer on TikTok I, I am now sending links to TikTok. To, for, I don't do it often, but I allow myself maybe once every 10 days. I'll go on TikTok for 15 or 20 minutes, and I send the links to people I think would appreciate the tip, how to make the salad or how to live right. a more peaceful life. I think it's a great thing. So your point about getting attention, they're everywhere. <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. Getting attention is getting harder, and people are trying to find creative ways to get attention, and that's why I have all you here because I want to pay attention to the creativity of all three of you. So let's go do some celebrity birthdays now, okay? <laughs> so let's see. 
December 6th, famous people. You may not have heard of all of these, but I tried to pick some from different walks of life, all in the entertainment field. What can I tell you? Country singer Helen Cornelius, if anybody knows her, 80, happy birthday. Actor James Norton, Planet of the Apes, 76. Singer, who did I get? Frank Beverly, Amaze, is 75. Okay, this one you might know. Actress Joe Beth Williams, turned 74. Actor Tom Hulse is 68. Anybody wave if you recognize any of these talk show hosts? Will Schreiner is 68. I always put drummers in if I see their names. Drummer Rick Buckler of The Jam is 66. Mazel tov to you. Here's one you all know. Comedian Stephen Wright. The deadpan one-liner guy, he's still alive and kicking. He's a young 66, okay? Uh, let's see. Drummer David Lovering of the Pixies is 60. I just had to put him in. Janine Turner, anybody remember her? The actress in Northern Exposure, she's 59. Director Judd Apatow, everybody knows him, 54. Uh, and we have Sarah Rafferty. Anybody remember who Sarah Rafferty played? Anybody watch Suits? The legal oh, yeah. drama? Where a certain uh, uh, wife of a certain prince from England who relocated to California, Meghan Markle, was a, was a legal secretary or a legal... So, so, yeah, Suits. Sarah Gray Rafferty played Donna Paulson, who was in love with the lead character all those years. Now, I have some social media stars who are having birthdays today. I've never heard of them. I wish them happy birthday. They have interesting names. That's all I'm going to say. Sidney Dunk, D-U-N-K, is 18. He's a TikTok star. I haven't seen him yet. There's a rapper named a Boogie With a Hoodie. That's exactly the way he, it's tw- he's 26, okay? There's a YouTube star, a young lady named Lanny Plays. One word, L-A-N-I-P-L-A-Y-S. She's 23 today. We have a YouTube star who's 14 named Addie Baby Teeth. Okay. And we have a TikTok star who's 20. His name is Sleazy Prince 3. You can't make this stuff up, guys. You really can't make this stuff up. They're out there, and they have made the famous birthdays list. Wow. Go look. Go. I I know. I know. I know. Sometimes it's scary. Okay. Uh, nobody here is having a birthday, right, today? Because I didn't no. ask. Anyway, okay. Me neither. Okay. I wouldn't admit it anyway. Let's do the national holidays, and then we'll do a little more on creativity. National holidays this week. Today is Monday, uh, and we have National Lemon Cream Pie Day. Anybody doing lemon cream pie right now? Is that something that's on your menu? Peter, talk to me. Are you serving that in any of your restaurants? No, unfortunately. I should have. Oh, okay. There you go. It's also uh, Chadwick Boseman Day. You remember Black Panther, Marvel Films, uh, James Mm -hmm. Brown. Yes, he passed away way too young. Tomorrow is Tuesday, December 7th. We know what that is. In history, it's also National Letter Writing Day and National Cotton Candy Day. Does anybody still go to any festivals, fairs, uh, outdoors places where they serve cotton candy? County fairs in Ohio when I go back. Yeah. There you go. Cotton, cotton candy. Yeah, I remember. And you, you got it all over your hands and your face and it was sticky and pink. I know. I know. Some of those things we're not supposed to. What can I tell you? Wednesday, December 8th is pretend to be a time traveler day. I guess we could all pretend to be back in Back to the Future, right? You want to go role, <laughs> role play Michael J. Fox? Okay, we could do that. Time traveler day. And it's also National Brownie Day. Peter, are you having brownies in your restaurants? <laughs> I'm sure somebody is, yes. (laughs) Okay. Ron Kaiser, do you still eat brownies? Is that on your menu sometimes? I would say twice a year, maybe. Something like that. I I think brownies are culinary medicine, aren't they, Dr. (laughs) Chef Dr. Mike? They they are. In fact, I just whipped up not too long ago some uh, sesame tahini chocolate brownies. Killer combination. Okay. Dark chocolate. 
dark, it dark chocolate. chocolate. Dark, yeah, dark chocolate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it can't be bad. No, it's got to be good. Yeah, I like the recipe for that, Dr. Mike. My <laughs> Aunt Anne had a brownie recipe that was just not to die from, but to die for. And it's, it's an heir, heirloom in the family. And she wrote all of her recipes on little index cards. Do you remember yeah. when people used, and I have a whole box of index cards from Aunt Anne's recipes. And these are known in my family as OMG, are you really going to make Aunt Anne's bread? Same as my mother had a cheesecake to, to die for, you know, six packages of Philadelphia cream cheese and 18,000 egg yolks and 20 pounds of sugar. You know, I, I didn't give myself permission to make that cheesecake from my mother's recipe until I was 25 years old because I felt it was, you had to attain maturity and the privilege of being able to bake it. I knew how to bake, but I didn't think I was ready, like a rite of passage. What can I tell you? Thursday, December 9th, it's National Llama Day. Anybody? Have a llama, pet llama? Any neighbors have? No, I yeah, don't. We, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, we we do have you? actually several alpaca farms, and there's a llama rescue uh, down the road from us. Welcome to Montana, folks. There you go. I, I should have known. Maybe I shouldn't have known. It's also National Pastry Day, so if you rescue a llama, maybe you don't want to give it the pastry. And it's Techno Day, whatever that means. I, every day is Techno Day for me. And let's see now. Uh, December 10th is Friday. Oh, this is good. Uh, who gave the beer quote? That was you, Mike? Yep. Okay. It's National Lager Day on hey. Friday. Okay. Right. And it's also Dewey Decimal System Day. Anybody remember when you go to a library? and you look up, right, the yeah. Dewey Decimal System. Okay, I don't know whether it's the day he invented it or the day that Dewey was born or died, but anyway, it's his holiday. <laughs> Saturday is National App Day. How many apps? Have you taken a, a, an inventory of how many apps you use, Peter, in your businesses? Um, probably core 15 and 20. Okay. Ron, how many apps do you use? On my phone, I've got like 100 of them that I use about, Five or six, I think. But yeah, that's that's about right. I've downloaded a number that I figure one day I'm going to get. It might come in handy. So as long as the screen allows it, I got a lot of that. Ron, and that's why my closet is still full. One day I'm going to wear that again. It's the same exact reasoning. It's very logical. Mike, how many uh, apps do you think you use? So so many. The number is app appalling. <laughs> oh, very, very good. It's also, Peter, this is for you. It's Nash. Maybe this is for you, Mike. It's National Noodle Ring Day. Is that a kugel, do you think? A noodle ring? I you don't, don't make it in a circle. I don't either. Well, I'll go to National. I, I'll, I, I should hope have looked it's it up. G, though. I'm sorry, but you know what? <laughs> Sunday is much right. better. Sunday is easier. It's Gingerbread House Day, Sunday the 12th, Gingerbread oh, House. I right. bought one of those little Gingerbread House kits last year. Nothing stayed. The icing, It's you, you, you put it on your tongue, you want to die. I'm sorry. It's just awful. <laughs> you don't give this to four or five-year-olds, do you? They're going to lick their face. Ah, mommy, I'm sick. Anyway, uh, it was fun to decorate, and everything fell, and I was just. I ended up with glue, and it was just... You know, pins and staples. Terrible. Anyway, it's National Poinsettia Day. I have two poinsettias already. Does anybody have poinsettias in their house? Peter, what color? What color do you have? All red. One red and one one white or yellowish. Mike, how many do you have? Two uh, red and then white with a little pink tinge. So, And and my my mom used to own a a floral shop um, that I used to have to work in. Um, like all the weekends, so I missed all the fun stuff in high school. So, so poinsettias and I have a tenuous 
relationship, but I've, I've, I've come to forgive them and, and love them because they used to come in all at once because they're tropical plants and we'd have to like unload carts and carts. And then before you guys buy them, we have to pick all the leaves that die during transport and you'd be up to like two in the morning trimming poinsettias. So oh. it's, it's, I have point PTSD, poinsettia trauma stress disorder. <laughs> Mike, I love the story, but that's TMI. You're hurting the feelings of all the people who waited in line at Harris Teeter to get the sale. Ron, do you have poinsettias in your house? We don't. I'm sure we will when a, a couple of our neighbors can't accept the fact that it isn't our holiday. But uh, so they, they will always, by the time Christmas comes around, we will have some that we okay. won't have bought, but we like. I just consider them a plant of the season, and I can usually keep them alive for a couple of years. You don't get the colored leaves, but you get, by the way, did you know that if you open up a yellow, red, or green pepper, I don't eat green peppers, but you open all those little seeds, if you drop them into some fresh dirt, and I use old candle jars or uh, Skippy peanut butter jars, something that's from, from food that's all cleaned out, you drop those little seeds, and within a couple of days, they will sprout and become plants with beautiful little green stems and flowers on them, leaves. And I have one little container of them on my kitchen windowsill. There must be 30 of them and they're beautiful little leafy plants. And wow. its I don't think it's going to grow peppers, but I also stuck a potato out in my front yard and somehow I just cut off the bottom. It was getting a little, oh, don't eat this one. And somehow it rooted and there are two stalks of beautiful green leaves coming out of the ground underneath this potato. It's not even sunken in the ground and it's a potato plant and there's two of them and the leaves are gorgeous and they're about 18 inches tall now. And when my, my band came over and they said, have you checked your, to your potato plant? I said, no. I planted part of a Vidalia onion in the front yard last year. It took about three months and it grew eight little tiny Vidalia onions right around this onion that I put in the ground. Is that, is that something? And my avocado seed that I planted recently, it's, got the, it's like a little umbrella plant. It's got beautiful leaves and they're short. They're about 12 inches tall, not like this and leggy. So I'm using a lot of food for food for thought. Food for thought. What can I, I have no idea where I was going with that. So it's also <laughs> National Ambrosia Day. Did anybody remember what ambrosia tastes like? Isn't that, what, what is it? It's, it's not mayonnaise. It's, um, yeah, it's, what is it? It's like whipped cream with yes. sour cream in it or something like and that. And oranges or apples. What, Peter, do you know what ambrosia is? I should have looked remember. it up. I think I it has remember. pineapples or grapes or stuff. Something like that. Yeah, some kind of fruit with, with whipped cream. I think that's right. Cool Whip probably or or Ready Whip. What can I tell you? Anyway, Sunday's Ambrosia Day. And next Monday, I have to announce this because I'm not on the air till 6 p- 7 p.m. Eastern and the holidays will be half over. It's National Cocoa Day. I love my cocoa. I do cheat and put a little bit of marshmallow cream in the top. Oh, my. Uh, it's National Salesperson Day. Well, you're close to Christmas. So be nice to somebody while they're taking your money. It's National <laughs> Ice Cream Day. I always right. reprimand the one of the managers at my local Harris Teeter store when he puts ice cream on sale. I tell him that you just can't do that to me. You cannot take a six and a half dollar, what used to be a half a gallon is now ah, not quite so much, and take make it $4.38. You can't do that to me because when the price drops, the calories drop. We all know that, right, Dr. Absolutely. Mike? Oh, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. 
Peter can explain the math. <laughs> two, two, for, two for one on the calories. There, there, there you go. So I always say to him, how dare you? He said, what's the matter now? I said, you put the ice cream on sale again. I thought I told you last week, one sale a month is enough. He just doesn't listen to me. And it's also National Violin Day. There you go. That's next Monday. So you can all prepare for that. I got the drums. I don't know the violin. Let's do a couple of creativity conversation pieces here. Dr. Mike, you say... Creativity is about freedom. It is a process out of time. Can you explain for me, please, Chef Dr. Mike? Yeah. So for me, creativity is uh, freedom because it's the you're kind of getting into your reality. And and to go back to kind of what you were saying earlier, you know, about uh, doing things and like with your mom and Peter was talking about, you know, your perception uh, of types of things. It really is how you look at it and we you know we create the world as much as the world creates us and it's mm-hmm. it's all on how you receive it how you perceive it and creativity for me is that that ability uh that technique that process that we've been gifted with as human beings to create the reality around us i mean you know people who are are watching us on Facebook Live, they're not seeing you or me, right? They're seeing photons are coming into our our eyes that are being transmitted to our brain and some image that they're actually then able to transpose and make sense of. That's a crazy reality. Um, So, you know, the creativity is is the the freedom to think and and think outside of, you know, space and and time. Um, You know, that's for, for us, for me, um, that's kind of my relationship with food. You know, um, I look at it and I might, you know, I, I like to not plan what I'm going to eat. And maybe I go and just see what's fresh and what's available. And it's, it's outside of um, space or time or constraints, most importantly. And um, that's a freedom we all have. It doesn't cost anything. You don't have to buy it. Um, you know, and, and what, a, what a, a great gift of, of being human. Um, you know, and, and really when you can see things differently, the, the whole field of quantum mechanics came about just because Einstein looked at a problem differently than everybody else had. And he said, well, it, this kind of doesn't make sense. Let me look at it this way. And really, if you go back to your question, what is culinary medicine? It's looking at food and health, not this way, but this way with the, with a different perspective. And that often uh, uh, opens up tons of possibilities. Thank you. I love that. Creativity does open. Even if you have to kick in that door and pry open that window, it opens up possibilities. Dr. Ron Kaiser, I'm looking at your statement number one. You sent me, this is interesting. You say a bored creative person is an oxymoron. Please unpack this, Dr. Kaiser. What are you talking about? Sure. I think that the key thing about creativity is that it keeps you it keeps your mind active you can't you always got to be creative you've always got to be looking for that thing that moves you forward and when you finish one thing it's not okay now i can rest for a few weeks or see what's on tv even though i don't have any particular thing in mind the creative person is always got a reservoir of ideas and just you know just like when I finished my book, I went on to doing a course, went on to doing the podcast. You know, I think for, for all of us, I think that we always have things going for us that if something happened that stopped you from, you know, what you're doing today, that wouldn't stop you, 
period. You'd move on to the next thing. And I think particularly with uh, working with the aging people that, that I often do, the, the purpose that you have kind of keeps you going. So if you're creative, you have a purpose, you keep going, you want to be able to continue to improve. And, you know, it's incompatible with being bored. There you go. Thank you very much. I want to move on to one from Peter Lassar. I'm looking at your first statement. You say creativity is about searching for patterns to destroy. In other words, the world tries to force us to blend in when we can spot how we're blending in. We can spot contrarian ways to create under which we now rise above. Oh, my. Peter, talk to me. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so... uh Doctor, uh, Chef Dr. Mike talked about a lens for a moment. And I think we all understand that when you have a, a particular lens, you can see things differently than everybody else, right? But how to come up with a unique lens is a problem that many people have because they're like, okay, what do, what do I have that's unique, right? And there's really an easy practice to it. And that is just identify the patterns that are out there or the truths that are out there and try to do the opposite, right? And so, you know, for example, in, in my case, the first restaurant that I did that was awarded by the 50 Best in its Discovery Series, we looked at where restaurants were located. And we said, well, you know, all the most expensive restaurants are located in these very glitzy places. Mm. We're actually going to put the most expensive restaurant in the city in the middle of gang territory, right? And that broke the pattern of that gang territory and broke the pattern of, uh, of where you put expensive restaurants, right? And, uh, and the way to find these lenses, as uh, Dr. Chef, uh, Chef Dr. Mike alluded to, is to find the patterns first and try to do as, as opposite as possible, and you can find a unique lens to develop into. Thank you, very, very interesting. I am enjoying this conversation. Unfortunately, we've got about four minutes left to close, and I want to thank the three of you so much for just being who you are and being so creative, and thank you. I, I return the namaste, doc, Chef Dr. Mike. What I'd like to do is have you each give a website where people can find you. Let's go around the block here. Chef Dr. Mike, what website would you like? And I like to spell URL, so you say it and I'll spell it if I can. Uh, go ahead. Chef, it's Chef Dr. Mike, Chef Dr. Mike.com. C-H-E-F-D-R-M-I-K-E dot com. Oh, I passed the spelling test. <laughs> Dr. Ron Kaiser, where are we going to find you? Well, you'll find me at The Mental Health Gym. That's www.TheMentalHealthGym. The, the is important. Mental Health Gym with a G-Y-M dot com. So that's T-H-E-M-E-N-T-A-L-H-E-A-L-T-H-G-Y-M dot com. I got it? Got it. All right. Two for two. Um, I'm, I'm passing the spelling test with flying colors. Mr. Lassar, where are we going for you? Easy. PeterLassar.com. P-E-T-E-R-L-E-S-A-R.com. How about yeah. that? I want to do a shout out to my listeners of Jewish faith like me or people who are honoraries. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed a really interesting and good Hanukkah with friends. I will tell you that I learned that Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters and other bands had a Hanukkah celebration every night. You can find it on YouTube. And each night he performed, it looks like it's in his house with a shiny curtain behind him with one or two other or three musicians. He performed a 
song either originally performed by or written by a Jewish performer. Barry Manilow was one night. He didn't have Barry Manilow, but he sang Copacabana. It was wonderful. He did a parody of a Lisa Loeb song, Stay. And he was dressed up in a little country dress like Lisa Loeb. And he did a, uh, it was a very funny, actually. Um, he did a Kiss song, uh, Up All Night, that I want to be. Yeah, you know that one last night because two members of Kiss, believe it or not, are of Jewish origin. And I got to see them through FaceTime with my my family who showed them to me. So if you're looking for some really cool, and there's a menorah at the front of each of the YouTube videos. So go look Dave Grohl, G-R-O-H-L Hanukkah, and you'll find seven really, really interesting. And it was delightful, something very, very, and as a drummer, I, of course, appreciate his drumming. So, gentlemen, let me give my closing remarks here. If you haven't heard the show before, you may be surprised if you have. Just tolerate this. Life is short. Break the rules. Isn't that what we've been talking about? Forgive slowly. I'm sorry. Forgive quickly. Oops. Kiss slowly. It's, trust me, it's the only way I know. Love truly, laugh uncontrollably, (laughs) and never, ever regret anything that made you smile. And here are my final closing words. Work like you don't need the money. Even if you do, just try to smile. Dance like nobody's watching. And when I was teaching disco in Eugene, Oregon, many years ago, on top of a table in a high school cafeteria in high heels, everybody watched, trust me. Uh, sing like nobody's listening. I'm singing with my band now. Maybe nobody listened. Love like you've never been hurt because, damn, we all have been. Let your heart regenerate, reheal. Let your heart open up. Find new ways to love and new people to love, and it will make you a happier person. Money talks. Chocolate sings. La! Last but not least, and I stole this line from another host, thank you for turning me on. Everybody <laughs> wave goodbye. Don't go away, guests. I'm going to talk to you for a minute. Bye-bye, Facebook. Bye-bye, Voice America. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host aka Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool creative week.